This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Yes, happy Thursday. And you know what I've been doing lately? Watching a lot of Halloween movies. This is like the, obviously it's the time, but I just love a good throwback movie. And I didn't, I didn't realize, yes, I, I did that last year. So I might not do that this year. I can't if repeat you're watching all the Halloween movies, you have to watch the movie. I might I, possibly. What I realized... Are you talking about Halloween the series, like Michael Myers? No, that like, freaks me out. I can't do intense horror so movies you're not like Halloween. Halloween movies. No, so. I'm doing more light. Like PGG, like Nightmare Before Christmas, Adam's That's Family. That's a Christmas movie. Oh, That's well, not a Halloween movie. Do you want to get into this debate? It's a Christmas movie. That's the big debate. Is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween or Christmas movie? It has... Christmas in it. Then it's like it takes place during Halloween, but they take over Christmas. It's a, that's a Christmas movie. I don't know. Just saying. I think it could be watched both uh, seasons or I think it's holidays. been established that that's a Christmas movie. I think it really depends on who you talk to. Really? Producer Vanessa, have you seen Halloween uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? No. Okay, never mind. Oh. I'm sorry. Uh, why do you I, even get on the mic skinny, and say that? Wait, is that the skinny people? Yes. <laughs> They're super stick skinny. People. They're stick figures. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like a claymation. Then I believe I have seen it. <laughs> I watched that this weekend, and I was just blown away at the artistry. Anyway, it's like I I just saw it. And why isn't uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas on Broadway? Brilliant idea. Anyway, what is your favorite Halloween movie? Uh, Halloween Town one, two, and three. Not four, but three. Okay. Is that like a murder and all that? A lot of it's a Disney. Oh, it is. Sometimes oh, I, I just want to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not up with my Disney movies. Okay. Uh, well, you're the older man. <laughs> and we didn't have Disney in Canada. Okay. Uh, now they do, but at that time they didn't have like uh, satellite TV or whatever like that. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. happy early Halloween, everyone. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying this. You season. know what you're being for Halloween yet? No. Girl, no, you I are don't. lazy. For this to be your favorite ho- holiday, this is very lazy. I need to deal you. with it. Yeah, you're right. I need to step up my game. Well, you know what today is, though, that we're celebrating? I'm be- being very present. It's Spirit Day. You don't have on any purple. It's Spirit Day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't either. I you don't forgot. know what is yeah. what I'm wearing underneath. Well, I didn't forget it was Spirit Day. I just forgot to wear purple. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I don't own as much purple Actually, as I we, thought I did. We kind of are no, dressed in similar colors. We are not. How I'm... yes? How LGBT youth are taking Spirit Day to the next level? We're getting into that at 3:35 p.m. Pacific, 6:35 p.m. Eastern. 
And uh, some tea report involving uh, one of my favorite Hollywood couples, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, So stick around for that in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. School officials in Texas forced a nine-year-old boy to serve an in-school suspension for a month. I mean, he couldn't have recess, normal lunch breaks, banished from campus to an alternative school, all to pressure the fourth grader into getting a haircut. Yeah, the boy refused to obey what he believes is an unjust school policy that bans boys from having long hair. And guess what? The boy identified as AC in court documents is one of seven students suing a Texas school district for what they call a discriminatory policy that requires boys to wear short hair. The ACLU of Texas filed the federal lawsuit today on the student's behalf against the Magnolia Independent School District, which serves 13,000 or so students about 40 miles northwest of Houston. Those suing the district said that the punishment has caused them immense and irreparable harm. Now, the FDA approved certain members of the population to get booster shots from either Johnson & Johnson and Moderna on Wednesday. The Pfizer-BioNTech booster shot was approved for some groups last month. And also yesterday, the FDA authorized each of the available vaccines as heterologous, which means people can mix and match booster doses from a different brand than the one they received for their original doses. Okay. Uh, Now, today, of course... uh, The Department of Justice is looking at the court hearing for the January 1st, or no, January 6th, sorry, attacks. And here is what Merrick, Attorney Merrick Garland, had to say. Keeping our country safe requires protecting its democratic institutions, including the one we sit in today, from violent attack. As the committee is well aware, the department is engaged in one of the most sweeping investigations in its history, in connection with the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The first part of that uh, seems to be holding Steve Bannon in criminal contempt of Congress for his refusal to comply with a subpoena. And we'll be talking more about that and its implications in around 15 minutes. So stick around for that. But first, let's get into some tea. What's going on? Yeah, so Blake Lively has called out an Instagram page for posting photos of her three daughters with husband Ryan Reynolds. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. She said this. um, This is so disturbing. I personally shared with you that these men stalk and harass my children and you are still posting. You said you would stop. You personally promised me. She wrote this in a comic session of um, a paparazzi shot. And I think it has something to do with the Daily Mail. She said, this is not casual appreciation. This is you also exploiting very young children. Please delete, please. Some parents are okay with this. We are not. Um, The photo featured basically the couple with their daughters. Um, Wow. Oh, I like their names. James, Inez, I think that's how you say it, and Betty. Are cute names. Either way, after it's removed from the account, um, Billy wrote on uh, her Instagram story saying, Thank you to everyone on following accounts who exploit children. You make all the difference. Thank you for your integrity. Thank you. I don't know why we're still doing this. Like, why are we still. Paparazzi shouldn't even really be a thing anymore, especially when you're with your kids. Like, that just feels weird and gross. We've. It's just, I don't know, this conversation just feels very 2006 when, like, Halle Berry and a whole bunch of other, like, celebrities were, like, taking these places to court for this. Yeah, I think that if you are clear that it's okay, then it's fine. If you are not, 
then they shouldn't be doing it. And that and those celebrities should be able to sue in a way. Yeah, and back in July, she actually described a frightening and dark and upsetting experience with a celeb photographer uh, involving three of her kids. Basically, uh, the Daily Mail had posted this video where they edited together some images. She said, you edit together these images to look like I'm happily waving, but that is deceitful. The real story is my children were being stalked by a man all day, jumping out and then hiding. Oh. A stranger on the street got into the wor- into words with them because it was so upsetting for her to see. Where is your morality here? I would like to know, or do you simply not care about the safety of children? This is dark. I thought this part of celebrity culture was done, but I guess it's it's really not because, you know, these paparazzi still get paid for these to do all this crazy stuff. That's your T-Report, though. I got more coming up next hour. Well, next up, the House has voted to hold Bannon in contempt for refusing to comply with January 6th a subpoena. So what this means for Trump and what this means for all of us, like, we want you to understand what's actually happening. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, the House voted today to hold former White House chief strategist Stephen K. Bannon in criminal contempt of Congress for his refusal to comply with a subpoena issued by the committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Oh, he's in trouble. Uh, And joining us right now again is Richard Fowler, Fox News contributor. Thanks as always for jumping in here. Hey, guys. How are you? You know, we're good. We're just looking at this drama unfold, Mm -hmm. and we're wondering, like, didn't he know this would happen if he refused? Uh, There was no question this was going to happen, and the reason why this one is so interesting, and the reason why the House of Representatives decided to hold Steve Bannon in contempt over the other members of the Team Trump who have also defied the subpoena is because, number one, the other members of the Trump team are still negotiating with the House of Representatives But also, Steve Bannon has not worked for the president since 2017. So he actually is the least, the person that's least likely to have executive privilege, number one. And number two, he wasn't a White House employee at the time. And number three, executive privilege only belongs to the person that's currently occupying the White House. And when the Biden administration said at the beginning of this investigation that they had no plans on holding executive privilege over this information, it was a dead giveaway. Yeah, it's really interesting because Mitch McConnell said yesterday that he really wants the past to be the past and he wants to move forward, which inherently just says that he's kind of tired of uh, talking about this at this point, which feels like Republicans just don't want to have any accountability here. Are we seeing Republicans on the same page with this whole Steve Bannon and and making sure we're holding him in contempt of this? Well, I think this is the only person. We also also heard Condi Wright say this yesterday while on The View. Um, talking to the ladies of The View. Oh, like, yeah. they seem oh, to want to turn the, the page on January 6th, and Democrats on the House of Representatives want to get to the bottom of this and want to figure out just exactly uh, how we got to the point where we had about 10,000 individuals so angry that they were willing to storm the United States can- the, storm the United States Capitol. What incited this riot? What caused this riot? And how to present, pre- prevent this riot in the future? Uh, and so I think we have two clearly competing interpretations of what actually happened on January 6th. And what makes this so interesting, Ryan, is if you go back and you roll the tapes of Mitch McConnell and Steve McCarthy and many of these Republican leaders on January 6th and January 7th, they were also condemning the president. But today they don't have the same condemnation. They are now calling some of these individuals tourists. They're calling them peaceful when the tapes say the opposite. 
So with that said, if everyone has different perceptions of this now, at least, how will that impact the investigation and what we get from it? Well, I think the investigation will continue. Um, Now, we're going to have to wait to see what happens. This will go to a judge who has been, you know, based on her previous federal actions, she has been very, very tough on both folks who invaded the Capitol as well as on how executive privilege is going to be claimed. And what you're going to see is when the Justice Department goes to this judge, and there's a lot of case law on this. Uh, And the case law they'll, they'll likely be using will be case law that traces back to the Nixon administration and Nixon trying to exert executive privilege over the Nixon tapes and the White House tapes from the Nixon era. Um, and we saw how that went down. And so I, I don't think that Steve Bannon has a winning case here, um, but we're going to have to wait to see what happens. I do wonder about the state of like the future of executive pr- privilege when it comes to like even Democrats and the Biden administration. Do they have to kind of play this smartly? So just in case anything in the future happens where Joe Biden wants to, you know, say, I want to make sure that I'm doing executive privilege or whatever, you know, the quite proper terminology is that it doesn't kind of blow back on him if they, you know, really look at this and kind of change the rules on that. Well, that's the reason why the committee chose Steve Bannon as the person holding contempt, because Steve Bannon is the person that actually doesn't fall under any any court law or any case law when it comes to claiming executive privilege. It would have been different if Steve Bannon was a member of the White House office or the office of the president at the time that the Capitol insurrection happened. But Steve Bannon was not. Steve Bannon had already left the White House almost three years previous to the Capitol insurrection. So he has no claim on executive privilege. He wasn't working at the White House. He wasn't working on the campaign. He was just having communication with the president. If the the president decided to have communication with a random member of the public, that is not something that's protected by executive privilege. Mm. And to be very honest with you, as we see, this all the president's emails once he leaves the White House is is property that belongs to the American people and stored in the National Archives. So this is not. So this to your point, Ryan. If it were something, if the Biden administration were to incite a riot, then I guess, yes, they would be concerned about this case. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. well, thank you for breaking that down for us. As always, that was Richard Fowler, Fox News contributor. Thank you again. Good to be with you both. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, Trump is back at it. Back at it again. Yep. The Trump Media and Technology Group. Very official. Uh, which is his uh, company, announced the launch of a new social network named Truth Social. A beta version will be available to invited guests in November, and there will be a nationwide rollout expected in the first quarter of 2022. That's according to this press release. Now, the company says its mission is to create a rival to the liberal media consortium. Consortium. I always like sometimes say words wrong, consortium, and fight back against the big tech companies of Silicon Valley. So, is this finally going to work? I feel like he's tried a bunch of things recently, and they've been a bust. Right. Um, I don't know. Here's the thing. This idea of coming up with their own social media or internet, it, it takes a lot more than just creating the platform, right? It's like, it's it's expensive. They feel like they're going to try to be like the next Google or something. I just, Trump is not even smart enough to be able to do anything like that, in my opinion. And I also don't think, at the end of the day, people really are going to, to like actually want to be on there. Because how... Creating a platform, like a creating like a, a Twitter version of like what they want, 
maybe that's sustainable, but I don't think like anything else, like uh, just a conservative, like internet, like outlet is going to be like, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be something that Republicans actually do want, right? Well, there's also... Because who are they going to argue they're with? They're already out there. They're going to miss us so much. They're going to miss Democrats and the liberals so much because they're going to just be agreeing with each other and being like, well, this is boring. Exactly. Yeah, part of it is having a water cooler of sorts. And how do you have a water cooler if everyone's just thinking and saying the same thing? And yeah, there's already other platforms like Getter, G-E-T-T-R, and Parler, as we've talked about a lot. And of course, a lot of big conservative pundits actually, like Glenn Beck have started their own platforms, right? Because they, they have a big work. enough platform. Actually, Glenn Beck, like these these individual ones do work. What's the what's that one? Like Glenn Beck has his own. I mean, these are a you lot of You keep saying his name, but what's his platform? Um the actual platform, I I mean, it's uh I don't know what it's actually called. I just Blaze Media, that's it. Blaze Media. Oh. That's where um what's that blonde on Fox? She What's the blonde, the problematic blonde on Fox? Which one? <laughs> Which one? Yeah, right. Uh, she came from Blaze Media and got fired after she was on one of the talk shows for talking about abortion, if you remember. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Lauren. There you go. Almost forgot her name. Uh, so I, I think that a lot of these, if you have a big enough and isn't that following, local? you'll start. No, that's nationwide. But if you have a big enough following, you'll start your own at this point. You don't need to be on like a, these other social networks. And there's However, already one, uh, one American network. There's already exactly, that one that's exactly. already go- not going anywhere anytime soon. So like, what does Trump really need? Just more of a place where he can spread his own propaganda? That's the thing. It is uh, mostly for him probably and his other friends. Um, and also what's interesting about this is they announced almost like a, com- a competing hosting service to Google and Amazon, because what you might or might not realize is a lot of the con- these conservatives, their sites will be taken down because of what they're saying, because, you know, Amazon and Google don't agree with it. And so he's actually looking to get into that industry, too. Basically, like, That's a lot. I feel I'm like, going to create a platform for all but you But the way Trump's career freaks. has been is like, oh, I have money. That looks easy. Well, why not try it? But of it's course. a lot more complicated than that. Like, he found out, you know, now him being a disgrace twice impeached a president, he's found out that, guess what, it's not that easy. But he thinks it is because he's a psychopath. Can I say I that? Mean, I think I can say that. Sometimes Whatever. that's what you need. Ignorance is bliss. Sometimes that's what you need to start something. Oh, you think he's moving in ignorance? No. I mean, sometimes like the the easier that you think it is, you know, yeah, it's a, it, it'll bite you in the butt. But that's why people like him do crazy stuff that you'd be like, why? And yet he ran for president and got it. Well, uh, right after this, we actually have some breaking news about Brian Laundry and the whole Gabby Petito case. So we bring you that and more on What's Trending This Hour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? Nerd Wallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Ooh la la by Goldfrapp, giving us the energy we need today. And more music coming up right here on Channel Q. But we've also got more show right now. It is Spirit Day, if you didn't know this already. And we're going to be getting Spirit Day? Uh, into um, how to celebrate with LGBTQ plus youth. Isn't it celebrating for the LGBTQ community? Spirit. <laughs> well, Spirit Day is actually... Uh, to honor and show up for LGBTQ youth that uh, possibly get bullied. It's a it's a really about bullying and making sure that we show up for queer youth that experience that uh, and also to stop it. Well, we're getting more into that in 30 minutes and how, yeah, they're doing the work. They're stepping it up for all of us right now. Uh, plus, Batwoman drama continues. More on that in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Lisa Middleton is seeking to become only the second out transgender state senator in the U.S. If she is elected to the California Senate, Middleton wants to bring what she calls pragmatic leadership to the state on infrastructure, renewable energy, education and more. And uh, she's provided that type of leadership since she was elected to the Palm Springs City Council since nine, uh, tw- uh, 2017. Sorry. The nation's only out state senator to date is Delaware's Sarah McBride, elected in 2020. And Middleton was the first out person elected to a non-judicial position in California. So good on her for uh, doing the work. And so I'm sure you'll hear more about Lisa Middleton in the future. Now, Nevada GOP governor candidate is touting her three-shot plan by taking an actual shot at a beer bottle marked vaccine mandates. That's one way to get attention. The same old boring, moderate, compromised, Lou Blazer politicians. Let's start with a three-shot plan. Ban vaccine mandates, ban critical race theory, and stop voter fraud. The Joe Biden administration is coming after me. I'm Michelle Fiore, and I'm ready for the fight. I mean, it looks like she's in like some sort of reality show. Is that, up. I could have sworn like, she said something about lube. <laughs> no. In the beginning, she didn't say nothing about lube. I mean, play it again. Oh, just okay. from the top, real quick. Just real quick. The same old boring, moderate, compromised Lou Blazer politics. Lou Blazer. Lou Blazer politics. Well, you know what's on my mind. <laughs> exactly. Okay, now breaking news on the Gabby Petito case. The human remains found in Florida yesterday, it seems it is confirmed they are those of Brian Laundrie. Yesterday, officials found what appears to be human remains in a Florida nature reserve. A backpack and notebook that appeared to belong to Laundrie were also found during the search, according to the FBI. Laundrie disappeared after his fiancée, Gabby Petito, was reported missing in the wake of a road trip through the western U.S., and her body was found last month. Mm. Now, I don't—I mean, I want to know more. It's all very— 
fishy. Like we were saying if it was more of like the um, skeleton, like skeleton, if it was just remains, I get it. I didn't say that. Me and Vanessa had a whole <laughs> theory that if they just said, oh, it's based on his teeth, like he could have t- taken out his teeth and then found some sort of other body or killed someone. Like we were cr- going But crazy. they would be able to tell oh. how... Um, they would be able to tell how fresh the teeth well, yeah, are if they would have That's the hope. Yeah. That's the hope. Well, that's anyway, true. Uh, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Um, okay, so I don't really have as much time to get into this now, so I'm going to save it into next hour. Ruby Rose, we talked about Batwoman and how she came out and spoke out a year later about why uh, she quit the show. Um, well, her co-workers are speaking out, her co-star, and it's a completely different story. Yeah, so get ready for that next hour. Well, next up, should parents be punished for their kids' bad behavior? A law in one country says yes. What's next? Finally, law and order. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Should parents be punished for their kids' bad behavior? I think you might have experienced this before where, you know, you're out and about, a kid does something bad, maybe you've you've had your kid do something bad well you probably don't want to be punished but you if you're the outsider you're like i wish the parents would be held accountable for this well it seems like one country is doing something about it china is planning to introduce a law to punish parents if their young children exhibit quote serious misconduct or commit crimes According to an August draft of this family education promotion law, parents will be reprimanded or ordered to receive parenting training mm. if they misbehave their children. This could come in handy for all them parents that got badass kids on airplanes. But then it's like, what She's is deemed bad? True. Like, you know, that could also be a perception thing. Like, one person's version of bad could be another person's version of, like, this is just a kid I being a kid. I think bad is when it's disrupting, like... Everyone else around them, like if it's in a public setting and then like there's just like a loss of control. Um, but then also I wonder, does this go into kids' adult years? Like if your child so happened to be like, I don't know, a mass murderer or something, yeah. do you have to, you know, it's is that your you. fault? Yeah. So how does that work? I don't know. But no shade. Like I'm not a parent, so I, I feel like... I don't know how I'm how much of a parent, like the type of parent I'm going to be, but it is it can be annoying. Like if you, you know if you come in contact with someone and their kids are like just a little unruly, and you're just like you see the parent not really doing anything or maybe getting overwhelmed by it. And it's yeah. just like, babes, maybe some parenting training would do you justice. So yeah, I think that if a kid in like a helpful way, not like in a reprimand way. Well, yeah, it seems like well That's the way the China does way. it, you know. And this is also very, it can get into problematic territory. I mean, this is the same country that, by the way, is like taking uh, out any sort of LGBTQ representation in media and in video games. And so my worry is what they deem as inappropriate could also target children who are showing behavior that is not a quote-unquote accepted by society. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, And I, I do think that if a child bullies... You, you know, obviously... That's you, a learned thing. That's the thing. And I do think that parents need to be part of the solution in that. And, you know, there should be, like, a strike situation where it's like, you know, the first strike, okay, it's on the kid. If you don't do anything about it after that, mm-hmm. the parents are involved and they could also be in trouble. Yeah. Right? For con- for this behavior continuing. I think, like, yeah, kicking a seat in a, in a flight or maybe crying and yelling, it's annoying. It's frustrating. It's kind of 
unfortunately, depending on your kid and what's going on, also if they have a you know any sort of disability, autism, it, all this, like there's different. other things. I think but, they're trying to add the dis- disability on it and trying to justify bad behavior. And I think. Yes, you can. There's a there's a reason. Like, there, if there's a disability, then that's like extra steps. You have to have some empathy and, and well, some, hopefully like, they'll do something that right will target like, those those kids. But you know? if your kid is just an a hole, if you, then you should get that together, a hole kid. I wonder how many really good people have a hole kids. Do you not want? I mean, it just sounds like for when you're the because you're closer to having a kid than I am. Do you believe in like um what's the word I'm looking for like? reprimanding your kids yeah, or like I believe in boundaries and leading by example it's interesting I've talked about punishments with my partner and like what that means and it's yeah, about creating that and that's I think something we're figuring out because I don't want to be the parent that's like um, angry or mean but it's about creating boundaries and saying like you get to choose and lead by example for your kids and a lot of times I think that when things don't work out right it's because you haven't created those boundaries mm. and because you yourself as a parent you're not leading by example in a way what if they- and also allowing to like if they cry or scream uh, creating a bit of space to listen and kind of just let them, I think, depending on the environment, let them feel their feelings. You know how many kids are messed up because their parents were like, oh don't feel gosh. your feelings. So you're going to be that parent in the grocery store that can't control your kid? I think then That's taking, we're going to walk out and we're going to deal with this and talk about it. Because I think in the end, like, I'm not going to let them just like go crazy and wild. I don't know. It sounds like. No, I do think there's though issues with then saying, oh, this is bad that you're feeling when they're just trying to communicate half the time. Well, you shouldn't say it's bad that they're feeling. Like, I agree with that. You shouldn't do that. Or you're wrong. But you like, have a lot to, of times they don't even understand what's happening. You have to teach happening. them that there are like like societal a, rules and exactly. the way, to, the way to work and what's appropriate. Totally. And, and, and sometimes what comes with that is, you know, a little bit of being tough, like a little tough love. But doing it in a healthy way not in an abusive way exactly but for i just feel like your kids gonna walk all over you no i don't think so but thanks for the good vibes ryan you're nice oh all right well speaking of good vibes you're just nice that's i appreciate that i'm i listen i'll I'll figure it out there is can be there can be something (laughs) wrong i'll figure it out but uh on spirit day today how lgbtq youth are amplifying their voices and how we can all help that's next. Oh, I wasn't done talking about this. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As we work to support LGBTQ youth on Spirit Day, one person is working to bring this energy to college campuses. Joining us right now is Nasir Montalvo, a community organizer based in Kansas City, graduate of Stevens Institute of Tech, and the founder of their campus's Diversity Inclusion Committee and has worked on a ton of DEI initiatives as well. Thanks, Nasir, for joining us today. Hey, what's up, y'all? You How know, y'all doing? We are great, and uh, this is a fun thing to talk about. I mean, it's not fun to talk about bullying, obviously, but we love some good spirit. What does a day like today mean to you? Yeah, I think Spirit Day is extremely important, not only for LGBTQ youth to stand up and show their pride, but I think it's also important today for allies as well to show the solidarity they have for us and, you know, kind of stick their neck out for us and show that they have our back out here. Yeah, you know, as days like these, I feel like every year it always kind of changes depending on, like, the climate in, in society. What do you think this year 
how has it changed for you specifically? And where do you think it needs to go in the future when it comes to continue to continually celebrating a day like this? That is a very good question. <laughs> I think definitely throughout the pandemic, we've seen like a surge of online support. And I think like online community is extremely important, especially when it comes to spirit day. But I think for now and continuing on into the future, I think we need that in-person solidarity back. Um, I recently, I was at the mall the other day and I saw, you know, a whole bunch of protesters as usual, um, protesting against like pride and LGBT people. And I think we need to bring some of that pride to the streets as well. I think we're missing some of that in-person love. I definitely agree with all you're saying, and hopefully we get to that point um, very soon. Yeah, you just don't want, I think a lot of the times, especially after the racial awakening and what we're still going through in this country, it just seems a lot of like things can be very performative. And mm. I think we really have to get away from that. And I think oftentimes it can be really, um, it can just, it can get really kind of exhausting of having to repeat the same things over and over again and I, I wonder from a youth perspective because you're still I mean you we still we ain't you know I mean you young but you ain't that young <laughs> but you know I just I wonder what like Gen Zers are thinking about when it comes to like performative activism and and being like well we need something tangible out in these streets like what does that really look like yeah I think that definitely online it can get extremely performative. Um, hashtag Black Squares. Um, I also think, like, with the performative activism, a lot of misinformation can be spread pretty quickly, too. And so, yeah, I think definitely, like, taking it to the streets is always the best option. Um, when we think of Spirit Day, I think, you know, people think very surface level, like, be kind to LGBT people, but I think it goes, like, a lot deeper than that. Like, what are you doing in your community to support queer youth? Um, what are you doing to make, like, I don't know, healthcare for trans people more accessible? Or things like that. Things that have, go deeper beyond just surface kindness and respect. Yeah. Things that are going to create, like, systemic change for queer people. Definitely. And you're doing that in so much of your work. You've been working to rename a building named after Greg Gianforte at your alma mater. Why is renaming a building important for this mission? Yeah, um, that has been the plague of my community organizing journey for the past few years. And I think spaces are extremely important, especially when it comes to like an educational setting. Spirit Day kind of like has that hmm, origin around like students and supporting queer students and when it comes to college campuses there are only so many spaces we have on campus and being that our college is so small having a space on there that is directly named after someone who spews so much anti-rhetoric and donates directly to organizations that fun gay convergence therapy and are against anti-LGBT people having like a college show support for that kind of is like demeaning and mm -hmm. diminishes like the queer voice on campus and the queer spirit and in the light of spirit day I think it's important that universities are more mindful of 
the wide array of voices they have on campus and how space is extremely important to smaller communities on their campus. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, and as you wrote in your op-ed piece, stop naming buildings after homophobes and transphobes, will you? That would make period. a big difference. <laughs> yeah, period. Well, thank you again for joining us on a day like today. We really appreciate it. Thank y'all. This is amazing. Oh, you're amazing. You're always welcome back. That was Nasir Montelvo, a community organizer from Kansas City, graduate of Stevens Institute of Tech and the founder of their campus's Diversity Inclusion Committee. Thanks again and happy Spirit Day. Happy Spirit Day, y'all. Well, next up, uh, from handbags to shoes, some people love to show off, but is the concept of luxury overrated? We dive in next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, a conversation on uh, the talk show, The Real, uh, about luxury and is it overrated really got us thinking, like, what's the point of paying so much money for clothes or restaurants, cars, this... Like, is there really a point? Because in the end, are you really doing it for yourself? Or are you doing it just for other people, for the validation, for the perception? Luxury is overrated. I think um, you can make anything look good. You can go to a thrift store and make it look really expensive. If it looks expensive, if you have the eye, then it's all about wearing the clothes, not letting the clothes wear you. Um, For me, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like... I as I've started to like buy more things, I feel like my taste has gotten a little bit more expensive, but it's only because I'm buying things that are of good material good quality. and yeah, good quality and will last a lot longer. So you have to spend a little bit extra money for that. And so I'm kind of done that, but I will always have that buyer's remorse or anxiety around being like oh, I need to take that back immediately. Or like, I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, even if I have the money in my account and it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to put me in the hole or anything. Like, I always feel that way, which I can, I kind of want to continue to always feel that way. So it can, I can, I can have like my own little meter or boundary set. Um, just because like when you've been poor mm-hmm. or still poor, that leaves uh, that can leave like a lingering situation being like, oh, I don't want to spend any money. Yeah. When you when you've had money, then had no money, then had money, then had no money. After a few times of that, like 
you could say it helps you build confidence, like, oh, I can always build it again. But then you also have PTSD to like, okay, I got to save when I have money. Yeah. Like for a rainy day. That's how I feel like, I do feel like there's something about putting on something that you really feel good in. And like the idea, but it luxury can come in so many forms, right? Like it doesn't need to be so expensive necessarily. You can have something that's high quality, as you mentioned, or even thrift that's really good, but you're not paying a crazy price. This idea of just because it's expensive means it's good is BS. Yeah, and a lot of these luxury brands aren't size inclusive. So for me, it does. I don't really even care about it. Like you have to go find like really cool, like. Uh, newer up and coming brands where mm-hmm. things may be a little bit more expensive. It may be like two hundred, three hundred dollars for something, but they're actually doing that. They're it costs more because it, it costs more for production wise and and for them to be sustained and have some sort of sustainability with their company. Yeah, things have to be a little bit more expensive, which I'm willing to pay for because if the material's good and it looks good, then yeah, I'm down. Well, yeah, if you have the ability to do that, also it's like. Following or the trends, like just buying something because it's trendy, it's not going to last. It's probably better, you know, to get into classic stuff that you'll have forever. And half the time wearing labels and stuff... If you're not doing it right, if you're just wearing it, you'll look gaudy. You'll look like like you ain't never had nothing. Like that's the that's the type. That is serious. Like that's one thing. When I first moved out here, some people move out here so they can live a certain lifestyle because they come from somewhere. Like they come from a place where they never had these things, and so when they come out here, they it it goes into losing yourself, right? And then you're just wearing everything that's labels, and you look a mess. You don't even look cool in it. You're just wearing it because you want to brag yeah. that you have like, you know, two thousand dollar glasses. You're on. wearing a bunch of little uh, words, no, different words on every part of your body. The dumbass that spent two thousand dollars on sunglasses that can break in seconds. Yeah, or you lose. Yeah. I yeah, I never got it. Yeah, but, I ain't doing you know, that. I spend my money on experiences. You do do that. You'll go I to the do top that. of Mountain Fiji. Or That's something. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Hey, I haven't been there. That sounds cool. What's the mountain you've been to? I went to the uh, base of Everest. Oh, so you didn't even go up to a mountain. I went to the base of it. You were at the bottom of it? I, but I had to trek to get there because it's already, you have to go high up to get to the base. Oh, so, so you didn't go up the mountain. it's still a pretty big feat She ride. only went to the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> well, do you think luxury is overrated at LGT shows where you can slide into our DMs on social media? We'd love to hear from you. Next up, the final Governor Gavin Newsom recall results are in. And, you know, it looks like California is getting even more polarized. That's next. It's still the bottom. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Yes, we're back and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Uh, But first, we've got a lot more here on Let's Go There today. A new survey that reveals what high-performing team members do together that makes them a success. And you might be surprised at what it is. I don't agree with it at all, actually. Uh, All right. Well, we're getting into it in 15 minutes. Plus, the Batwoman controversy continues in the T-Report. We're finally getting to the story in a moment. What? It was your fault we didn't get to it the last time. Okay. <laughs> I take it. It was my fault. I take responsibility. Uh, first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The risk of extreme heat is a rising threat to fast-growing cities around the world, according to a new study published this month in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. As more people move to cities and the climate warms, extreme heat could harm and kill more people, reduce worker productivity, and hurt economies. The urban poor are more at risk. The study, which assessed more than 13,000 cities from 1983 to 2016, found that global extreme heat exposure increased nearly 200% over that time period. I mean, if that's not crazy to anyone, I don't know what 
is. Like, I mean, that is not normal, by the way. Um, it's a result of population growth, climate change, and the fact that city infrastructure absorbs more heat. Nearly a quarter of the world's population is in areas where extreme heat exposure is rising. You know what they say could decrease that? Painting all our uh, roads white, actually, because the black makes it um, hotter. Yeah, I'm just saying. Isn't that interesting? Because it reflects off of it instead of absorbing it. Really? Yeah. Who taught you that? I'm not saying. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think? (laughs) Trivia. It's the the tidbits from my Shira's boyfriend. When you hear Shira throw out random little like the facts like this, (laughs) she did not get it from Google unless you think Google's name is Chris. Hey. Which is nice. It's, it's so I, I really like it when you just drop those little nice little hints. You know, it's what happens when you have conversations with uh, someone you're hanging out with all the time. Yeah. With someone who's informed. Well, White roads, though. That's interesting. Yes. So we might see more of that. It is. We should have a conversation about that. Uh, no. And <laughs> finally, <laughs> after five long weeks, election officials in California have finished counting all of the ballots in the Gavin Newsom recall election. The final statewide results are perfectly in line with the results of the 2018 gubernatorial election. 61.9% of the state's voters supported Newsom, while 38.1% voted against him. Okay. While the margin was the same, Newsom actually won in a slightly different uh, group this time. Exit polling from the 2021 election indicates that Newsom lost ground with white voters without a college degree, Latino voters, and black voters, but was able to offset those losses with the gains with white voters with a college degree. So that's some news. And uh, what's happening in the T-Report? Okay, so Ruby Rose spoke out a year later on why she left Batwoman. Well, um, her castmate is telling a different story. Oh. Time for the T-Report. What did you say? I don't even know what I T-sports. said. T-Sports. T-Sports. <laughs> Time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Now, a day after um, Ruby Rose alleged, you know, toxic and dangerous onset behavior that led her to leave the show mm-hmm. after just one season, one of her former co-stars is giving his own take, and it's very different from hers. In a Twitter thread today, Cameras Johnson, who plays Luke Fox on the show, retweeted a story about Rose's allegations and added his own commentary saying this, Batfam, you know, I couldn't go the whole day without saying something. I love y'all and don't think I haven't seen all the love today. But yeah, fam, she was fired. And it is very hard to be fired when you're the lead. Imagine what you have to do for that to happen. Um, He continues on saying, Since it was claimed that she walked away last year, I'm sure some of you may be pretty confused or upset, and even more so that a lot of lies were spread today. Just now, we have a lot of great souls working on this show, and none of of this changes that, from the top to the bottom. Yeah. I mean... She did, however, in her full statement that she put on Instagram, where Mm -hmm. she was calling everyone out, she did call him out and called him an egomaniac kid. Yikes. So I don't know. There's just all this tension. But if she was fired, yeah, I wonder what you did have to do to be fired. I mean, at the time, she was going through a lot of uh, her mental health. What's that? Apparently, she was uh, like, she was was really, really awful on set to work with. It happens. That's what the streets are saying. Okay. But now she's trying to turn it around and say something else. A year later feels like it's a little bit too late. It feels like you sh- if you were going to say something, you should have said something. Why now? What happened? What's going on? Maybe both there are truths in both stories. Who Probably. knows? 
Um, but that's your tea report for now. I got more coming up next hour. Okay, well, a new survey reveals the impacts of swearing and gossip on teams. We're going to get into that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Is gossiping and swearing with your coworkers, is it a great way to become a better team? Or is it a recipe for disaster? Well, according to this new survey, it finds that high-performing team members who act more like friends than coworkers, it leads them to more success. Mm. Interesting. Team members are more likely to joke, use GIFs and emojis, and discuss non-work matters. And they found, yeah, the most successful teams swear and gossip. Yeah. The findings hold implications and lessons for how managers can get the best out of their people in a post-pandemic workplace. This is according to the article. But what do you think about this? I guess a survey says this, but Mm -hmm. I personally feel like I don't want to be in a workplace. Like swearing, I'm I'm fine with. I think that it could be someone overused, like that person that just swears all the time. You're like, really? is superfluous. And then gossiping is just not attractive. What's the word? What's the word? You superfluous. Use? It's like over the top. Did you just Google that? No. It came from my brain. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a good word. That's the word of the day. Oh, my God. That's a good word. Yay. Okay. All right. Um, and I find gossip to be really just bad and just unattractive in general. I don't think I, I don't think it makes a, a team or builds trust at all. If you know people are gossiping around you, they'll get gossip when you're not around. I, I think you have to look at it from what gossiping means in this survey. I don't think it's like about gossiping about each other. It's gossiping in oh, general. Or about like your family. Yeah, about like just things that are happening to in your life or something like that. For me, I think there's a balance to this. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice to have like if you're on Slack and everyone's using like the giffy um you know gif thing to s- show their emotions and there's a, there's yeah. like personality and people aren't afraid to kind of show that i think that's really cool but i think um there's this idea that companies are trying to go like move forward in and we talked about it here where they try to make everyone feel like you're a big family or you're a big like your friends and all that stuff that I just don't necessarily agree with because some people just come in and want to do their job and get that done and that should be that. Like, they shouldn't be, you know, uh, ostracized or uh, penalized for doing that. Um, But I think also it can... It provides a false narrative that you're going to all be there for each other when at the end of the day, these corporations <laughs> and these jobs are going to do yeah. what they have to do at the end of the day, right? Like, just because they're fueling, like, you know, fueling you with all these, like narrative of oh my god we're family we're we're friends we're really close girl they will fire you when they have to because that's just the job that that has to be and so for me it's like i appreciate a good work environment where everyone is cool and chill and get along with each other yeah but there's a there's a line with that because at the end of the day work has to be done and sometimes you have to take the emotions out of everything because when the emotions get involved, that's when it can get really messy mm-hmm. and people's feelings can get hurt and the job is not done. And so for me, I don't I don't necessarily like to subscribe to whatever this is saying. Yeah, I think there's a fine line. I think you do want to work in an environment, yeah, where you're around cool people, like-minded, mm-hmm. common values. But there, there's no need to feel like you need to have a forced friendship. Like, you don't need to be best friends. You can yeah. still respect and value each other without being, like, BFFs, yeah. right? And, like, bosses that force that, it just comes off as, like, inauthentic. And I also don't want my boss to swear. Like, I think it's, like, 
I think it's funny, like, depending on the context of it. But, like, ugh, it I, can get a little uncomfortable if you think about it. Well, yeah, I think over-the-top swearing, it's like, what are you trying to do? Just, like, why? Are we talking about this more? Actually, next, we're talking about oh. the first... So, if you're in an environment you don't like, the first thing you need to do if you want to change careers, that's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, an interesting stat recently came up. According to Bankrate's August Jobs Seeker Survey, approximately 55% of American adults are planning a job switch. That's like more than half of the country, which uh, is not that surprising considering what we went through in the pandemic of 2020. A lot of people are thinking about their lives and what they actually want to do. What's their purpose? And a lot of people are switching things up. Yeah, I feel this um, because I, I think it's so important to, I don't know, one, I think when coming out of the pandemic, it was one of those things where people were like, I'm no longer taking the crap that I was taking all the time from my boss through just being unhappy. Life is too short. We deserve more than this. And I I, I see it, it's kind of... Sh- not shocking, but it's it's honestly one of those things was like, what took us so long? Why did it take a pandemic for us to get to that point? Trauma does that. <laughs> no, trauma does do that. Yeah. Well, joining us to tell us more of uh, what to do if you do want to change careers. What's that first step? Chelsea J, nationally certified resume writer and career coach who Ooh. owns Seasoned and Growing. What is that? Sounds like a business. <laughs> It is, yes, and thank you both so much for having me. As you said, I'm a resume writer and career coach, so back in 2017, I officially opened up my agency, which is Season and Growing. Beautiful. And if you're wondering (laughs) about the name, it's because we're all seasoned in something and we're continuously growing. So that's where that came from. Well, I mean, I figured, <laughs> but I think because it's beautiful. I mean, it's like it's it's great. Um, but I, I do think there's something about the art of the pivot and how people were able to pivot in ways and are trying to figure out how to pivot in ways um, because they're just tired of the same old same old after going through such a traumatic year. What do you have to say to to those people trying to just figure it out? Because it's 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 a lot easier said than done. It absolutely is. And the new buzzword, like you said, that we've heard over the past year is career change. And the first thing that I highly recommend is to determine whether or not you need a career change versus a company change, because those are two different things, right? So you need to figure out whether you truly want to dive into a new industry or a different role. Are you sick of the day-to-day things that you are doing? Or versus a company change, you enjoy the overall goals and the day-to-day activities in your role, but you're tired of, you know, working in a toxic work environment or for a disrespectful boss or for a company whose values don't align with yours. So once you, yes, once you make that determination, then you can really move forward where you start to discover what your why is. Because if you are truly looking to change careers, the first thing that people are going to ask you, especially in networking and interviewing, is why? Why do you want to make this change? So you need to have a solid and confident answer to that. Well, with that said, that's the big question. How do you discover your why, including if you're in a place of burnout, right? That could be really difficult. 
Absolutely. When you are in a place of burnout, you really need to lean on your network, right? Lean on your people, the people that excite you, boost you up and lift your spirits, because those are often your best resources for self-reflection, because you have friends and family members who will tell you all the time the things that you're good at or the things that you seem passionate about, because when you're in that stage of burnout, it's hard to think outside of yourself. So take time to ask people who you trust and who are around you, hey, what do you think I'm good at? And most of the time, it'll help something click within you so that you can realize, oh, yes, that's something that I can apply my skills and experience to and that actually lights me up and I enjoy it. I mean, that's great yeah. advice. I think it, it is hard to get perspective on your life when you're in that place. So relying on the people you love and asking those questions like, what do you what do you see me being good at? Right. It's almost like doing a survey with your close uh, community or tribe. Right. I think that is a really big thing. That Unless helps. you don't have that and you just don't have anyone to tell you how good you are at things. Because that can be also a thing. That is true. Because, I mean, during the pandemic, we were by ourselves. There wasn't that many people around unless you had your own Well, I'm talking, bubble. yeah, virtually. Or there are such good communities, uh, Facebook groups of people that are, you know, in, in different, I, I would say, then subcategories and communities that you could be a part of that are yeah. also going through that. But that actually brings me to my, my next thought, uh, specifically about that. How do you know who's giving you the right v- advice? And that's why I said you have to be mindful of who you're getting that advice from. So lean on people that you trust. And something that I always recommend is surrounding yourself with people who you are inspired by and motivated by. Mm -hmm. Get in the room with people who are in the places that you want to be because you want to learn from people who have already been there, done that, and will help you get better. So I know right now, if you're one of those people who doesn't really have a strong network or, you know, close family and friends that you can trust, this is one of those times where you have to put yourself out there. There's meetups, there's LinkedIn groups, you know, think about the hobbies that you enjoy and join a local club. Get out there because you are not the only one who is looking for people to connect with. There you go. Well, that was Chelsea J, nationally certified resume writer and career coach. Check out also her company, Seasoned and Growing. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank you. Now coming up, does it bother you if someone says that you're so L.A.? We get into the saying and what it all means next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. When someone says you're so L.A., is that considered an insult? Yeah, for sure. This was actually uh, the headline of an L.A. Times story. You're so L.A. What lies behind tourists' perception of Angelinos? Because I, I feel like if you say you're so, I don't know, Chicagoan. You're so, I don't know people, people well, that, don't say that. That You're so racist, New York. Depending on how you say it. <laughs> you're, you're so New York. You're so San Francisco. Like, uh, I think maybe, yeah, producer Vanessa says, I would love to it's be so not, San Francisco. I don't think it works like that in other parts of the country. Like, uh, unless people say you're so New York, that means, oh, you're probably really blunt. You just, you're, you're a straight shooter. That's what it is. In L.A., that means you have a stick up your butt and you're obnoxious and you're arrogant and you need to check yourself. That's what that means when people say you're so, uh, so L.A., which is not a good thing. That means you're bougie and it's not a compliment. And so... I think that's only it's only for certain cities where it's known across the country 
what that actually means and what type of lifestyle that means. And I think because Hollywood is all glamour and the stars and celebrity of it all, people say that when they come out here because it's it's the complete opposite of people who are actually raised here. So when we talk about transplants and we talk about people who were raised here, those are two different things. Transplants always ruin it. The people that li- have lived here and raised here, they are nothing like that. So like, you, we in a lot of intercommunity conversations, you'll hear people being like, when I meet someone that has actually been like born and raised here, yeah. it's so refreshing because they're like, yeah, it's nothing but transplants who or watch some movie or watch The Hills on MTV and came out here and wanted to be that way. And that is why that's the created, the saying is like, you're so L.A. They ruined it. You're not actually L.A. because you're not actually from here. But like, you're so L.A. because you thought you have to be that perversion of it. To the, be yeah. L.A., to feel like you fit in here. Yeah, which Do is people sad. say anything to you like you're so something no i don't get that i'm I, to be honest my goal out here when i first moved out here was to make sure that um the people that know me the most mm-hmm. never thought i would change no matter what i'm doing no matter who i'm doing it with i've always wanted to stay true to myself and i feel like i'm, I'm still really doing that I'm, I'm blessed about that you say do you think you're so nashville because you're from nashville Are you well sometimes there? my southern accent jumps out you know but I'd rather be so Nashville. Nashville's a great city. I didn't appreciate it I'm the way so, that I wanted to. I'm so na- Montreal. You are so Canada, for sure. I am so Canada. Go Which, Canada. that means you're so nice. You, you see how that works? Yeah, I see. Hey. Eh? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yeah. It's queen. This dad is just doing the sweetest thing to support his kids with Down syndrome. He drives an ice cream truck, and uh, he's a father of 10, by the way. Oh. 10. Oh, my God. He started operating the ice cream truck in April of 2021. He explained to the Today Show that he found the used vehicle in January, and the business was just quickly born. They named it Special Neat Treats, a play on words of special needs. And two of his children help out on the truck, his son Josh and daughter Mary Kate, who are both born with Down syndrome. And he quickly realized that the truck offered a future for them after they aged out of the school system so he basically created a job for them which is this really beautiful he added at every stage with special needs kids you look towards the future and what their life's going to be like in the next phase it also becomes more responsibility of us as parents to say what can we do to give them uh, worth and to allow them to add some value to society that's very important to us as the parents of Mary Kate and Josh so over the summer they've been uh, selling a lot of ice cream and they also served up all of that to local schools and so mm-hmm. they're really making an impact locally as well so we want to give a big Yaz Queen to this dad and this great idea I mean it, it, it is really a great idea and I guess you know if you're going to have 10 kids you have to be creative in something <laughs> Right, because there's so much homework, there's so much things. I mean, sleeping with 10 different people. (laughs) I think, uh, I'm not sure how many people he's left with to have those kids. Oh my God, I just, Uh, it takes a lot of work. (laughs) It's a hard-working father. Well, guess what? The business is booming. Since starting in April, the family sold more than 10,000 treats in the Cincinnati area. So if you are in the area or if you're visiting, um, you might want to check out and Google special neat treats and see where they're at. And that's our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yeah. 
Yes, Queen. That also does it for our show today, but we are back wrapping up the week with you tomorrow live 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Channel Q. On tomorrow's show, of course, we got great music. Also, we're going to be talking about a clinic that is by and for transgender people and seeking to revolutionize healthcare. And this is big. The Netflix employee who was fired for speaking up about the Dave Chappelle special is joining us on the show. Wait, really? Yes, Oh, come through, producer Vanessa. Exactly. Y'all so, better get ready for that show. I got to go prep. It's going to be big. Get that me out of tomorrow. Here. If you uh, miss any of our shows or interviews, we have a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay because we got a big show tomorrow. Yes. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris. After this, we're talking about how to share a bed and keep the love alive. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.